The Disney parks are positively bustling. Everywhere you look, there's a cavalcade, an attraction, a song, or a meet and greet. And of course, lines and lines of people. So is there a sweet spot for you to find a bit of respite? We'll share our favorites today on this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by John Grasso and Paul Jarzembowski. Welcome, fellas. Good to be here, as always. It's wonderful to be here. I uh, missed you guys quite a bit. I know you weren't prepared to hear that, but I did miss you. Missed you, too. <laughs> um, you know, this week, I actually, fellas, I got an update from a friend, a coworker who was down in Orlando this week at Walt Disney World, where it was actually bona fide freezing. He was wearing a parka throughout the parks. And I can't even imagine that. Every time I've gone to a Disney park, I have sweated. I've been cold once, Matt. I've been cold. My mom and I, actually my last trip to Disney, my mom and I were there in the first week of March. And I... I am like a weather guy. Like I track the weather, but I did not check. And I went down in shorts and a t-shirt and it was 50 degrees and I, and raining. And I sincerely regretted it. It's very cold when it gets, when it gets cold down there, it's a different type of cold. Well, it's, it's also when Disney has the opportunity to, uh, to sell their sweatshirts and jackets and long sleeves uh, and they do a great job at that. I, I've been down there in January, and I have uh, and I have experienced this cold weather, and I have vowed not to return to Disney World in January ever again. Yeah, what's the point of going to Florida if it's not warm? I've got to say, um, my hat's off to Brian Schlein, my coworker, who is braving this winter in Orlando. Mm. Um, luckily for him. Splash Mountain is currently closed for refurbishments. Oh. Can you imagine reaching no. the bottom of that hill and getting doused by that water? In freezing cold weather. Ooh, God, no. that just hurts. Hard pass. Maybe because it is reading right now um, on my monitor 18 degrees, but no, 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 no. So... Let me ask you, you guys have been there in colder times, and I've only been there during warmer times. And people always talk about the attractions that you can get AC from the heat. Do they turn the heat on in the dark rides and the dark attractions at Disney World? Yeah, I do believe there is heat there. They, yeah. They, 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 they have Disney. It's, it's a struggling company, but they have afforded both heat and air conditioning. I don't think they turn the heat on all that often, but there is a January every year. So I don't yeah, imagine no, it, would, I... it would mess with the, the smell feng shui of, uh, of uh, Disney World. Whenever a radiator kicks on or the heat comes on, there's always a different smell in a house. Always. I'm guessing they might turn it on like in the middle of the night and let that fumigate out before the guests arrive. Yeah, because if, I mean, if you don't get that dark ride smell on Pirates of the Caribbean or It's a Small World, I mean, pack it up. It didn't count. Right? I agree. Well, let's shift to what's making us happy this week in this Encanto podcast. Oh, my Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. Paul, I've got this. 
I'm sure you do. So what's making me happy this week, besides the fact that Encanto it just exists, is the fact that Encanto uh, is the first, to my knowledge, Disney movie that the entire album is number one on the Billboard charts. And we don't talk about Bruno. They have a song is number one on the charts. It is now number one for the first time since A Whole New World from Aladdin. I mean... I, Nicole and I were, were lucky to travel very, very briefly and very safely this week. Um, people were talking about it apropos of absolutely nothing. Like I heard it, I heard people listening to it. Like it, it is permeated culture in a way that not even Frozen did. And I'm just delighted. I'm delighted at, at, at all of it. So Paul's oh. going to tell me while I'm wrong now. I'm 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 not going to tell you why you're wrong. I'm just going to. I mean, yes, it's going to rain on my parade. It's going to be cold in Disney World. <laughs> no, I'm okay. So the thing is, because of our podcast, I decided. You know what? I'm going to give it another try. I watched it again. I even I even uh, bought the the soundtrack on iTunes. I wanted to make sure that I that I fully got. And I and I do enjoy the music. is very delightful. It's a wonderful story. However, um, my, my issue is I am, I, I guess it, this is a little bit of a spoiler. So just an FYI, a little bit of spoiler. You might want to uh, scoot ahead a little bit if you haven't seen it. But my, my issue is that the, the negative experience that the Abella, you know, treats her and in, in, in the townspeople and the family treat our, our, our main star, I feel like she is like the, her redemption and or the redemption of everybody is so minimal compared to the ang angst that they put on her. Um, and they really label her with a, with, with a, a sense of imperfection that I don't know is balanced in their eventual coming to understand. I feel like it's like, Oh yeah, we now learned our lesson. Wait Goodbye. a second, wait a second. So you're telling me the emotional climax of the film, Dos Oraguitas, is not good enough for you? It's not, no, I don't think it's strong enough. I think that it, I I feel bad. I mean, I'm like, it, it's missed actually. It. I what? feel like we're just, no, I, think, I feel like we Matt, fast Matt, forward Matt, to the to end. We fast forward to the end of the story. Cause I, the first time I saw it, I was angry. I was actually angry at the grandmother going, like this is like you're being actually like you're being harmful but she suffered her... generational trauma at the hands of colonizers paul she, she did so much but she doesn't have to abuse others because no, of her of her, not, her experience realizes this in the end and apologizes and then well, in a very 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 quick way and then we're done with the story and then the credits roll no but then no no it is it's the <laughs> it's the emotional climax of the movie mirabelle gets the door she gets she gets her, she has to be at the front of the door. She's essentially Abuela's she, she successor. She gets to open the door. She, no, but, uh, she's Abuela's <laughs> like, successor. She's the one that binds the family together, not in fear of losing the gift, but in love for each other, in support, in empathetic desire to connect with one another, to nourish the best gift. I could go on and on. Everybody that. else gets this Hold grand celebration. She gets a gold doorknob. She, no, she gets to be in the front of the door. She is literally Abuela's successor. She's the glue that binds the family and the village. She puts, she's the glue that binds the Encanto. She got a gold doorknob. Matt? 
<laughs> well, let me let me just say, uh, I agree with John. Thank you. Okay, and we're done with the uh, podcast. Now, the movie we were talking, I was talking with my wife about that, um, listening to the family Madrigal um, for the seven thousandth time uh, in the last three does. weeks, and the movie tips its hand really right away when Abuela um, talks about how the gifts um, she's always wanted or needed to earn the gift. She misinterpreted the sacrifice of her husband as not being worthy of a sacrifice, which, um, you know, for some people of faith, we often talk about whether we're uh, worthy of, of various sacrifices, whether we we belong there or not. Um, and I look at this and it's a very distilled version of that. Um, the grandmother is just working nonstop to put pressure on herself uh, and on her family to earn this. And in the end, she comes to understand that it was more about um, a gift she was given, being willing to give herself over to that. Um, to accepting that as opposed to um, feeling like she was always going to have to go to her deathbed earning it and that everybody needed to just keep trying to self-perpetuate you know putting the pressure on her granddaughter to to have children and to get married and to have children and that kind of thing um, so I differ with Paul here I think that ending is earned um, in a way that Abuela doesn't doesn't realize at the beginning of the movie yeah um, that, the only thing i'm going to say and then yes we could go to the main topic is but i do i do understand i, I agree with you paul I, I, mirabel is maligned throughout the story but I, I i i don't agree that that the that the redemption's not earned the the one thing i'll say is this and i i think we could all agree on i think it's a what draws me so much to encanto is that exactly what you said, Matt, the, the grandmother thinks that this gift, that sacrifice, this trauma that she endured watching the love of her life die in front of her, give, give himself up in, in a sacrifice of pure love for her and for all of the people. And the grandmother thinks that she's got to, she, she has to earn this sacrifice when in reality, Mirabelle comes and embodies, embodies that sacrifice the best out of everyone in the family in, in sort of unconditional love for her siblings, her aunts, her uncles, um, acceptance of Bruno. Uh, you know, it's it, Mirabel is, is like, is a, such a worthy successor to Abuelo, not just Abuela. Um, it's just uh, that, that pure love and empathy and, and joy and support that, that binds all of it together. I, I think we could, disagree in the implementation i think it was implemented well paul you don't think it was but i think we could agree like the actual sentiment is good paul's nodding no no i'm kidding i'm kidding he's nodding yes he's nodding yes um now, what i think is is i i had that impression that paul had the first time i watched it i was actually a little cold on it okay um but like somebody that wants to just be genuinely part of the discussion and, and like what everybody else is liking, I, I dove back in a couple times, like Paul you know, did this weekend, went in there and 
some people just you know come off cold some, sometimes art just doesn't connect with us mm-hmm. and paul is uh perfectly within his right um we'll return to this topic next week on the Sincanto podcast i want to thank everybody for joining us i kid i kid i kid by the way what's making me happy this week is the uh, book of boba fett is now the mandalorian show which is great um if you like star wars and if you like the mandalorian but if you've only seen the book of boba fett i can't imagine how confused you would have been seeing an entire episode about the mandalorian um that being said um i thought it was uh, a terrific episode executed brilliantly in direction by bryce dallas howard um, give her a star wars trilogy i, I don't want to go that far oh okay. i don't want to go that far let, let her let her keep doing these these great 30 to 35 minute episodes and then when they uh, are ready to make some movies i think one of the things um, maybe that might help is she might direct one of the next Star Wars movies. I know that there's talk of Patty Jenkins perhaps leaving Rogue Squadron or that that movie's in limbo. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, showed that she can direct action um, brilliantly. Uh, the recreation of the podcast, uh, the pod racer, pod racer sequence yeah. from The Phantom Menace but with the starfighter from Naboo um, was brilliantly done. Um, she really, really, and, and in moments of brutal, brutal uh, action, she executed very well. And she's done this a couple times now with the Mandalorian. Um, and now the Mandalorian's bonus episode on the book of Boba Fett. Um, I think at least one film in the Star Wars franchise would be great. Um, or, or, what I'd really like to see is for her dad to executive produce her show running and directing all the episodes of the continuation of Young Han Solo yes. in Disney Plus series. Agreed. Preach. Um, I, you know, Matt, you're so right. I, I, in some respects, the I hate to say this, but I, I think that our investment in the movies might be, I think we, we may need to just hold ourselves up. I think... Star Wars, aside from Rogue One, which was just brilliant, um, but Star Wars development issues. Yeah, they do, and I think that they. I think because there's such a huge movies have such a lot at stake that um, one episode or even a even an arc of episodes of a of a serial on on the Disney Plus platform does not have quite the stakes that, that or people don't put the stakes on it that they do on a movie. So I think because of those, there's a lot more cooks in the kitchen when it comes to a movie. Therefore, it, it, it could water down or it could diffuse that, 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 uh, that spirit that sometimes you get in these. So, and, and maybe that's what we need a little bit. We need more of the serialized stuff and maybe, maybe we pause on the movies as much. I mean, we'll get them eventually. I mean, you know, but I, I, think, we, I think this is a good, this is a good place for, for, for Star Wars to be in. I mean, frankly, if I have to decide, choose between waiting two or three years for the next Star Wars movie or waiting like maybe a couple months to the next Star Wars series, I think I'm going to choose the other because I, I feel like we're getting more quality stuff at much quicker pace than we ever got with the movies. Now, one of the things about, one of the criticisms I've heard of the book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian is that 
Star Wars should go beyond Tatooine. <laughs> um, all that said, um, here's what the Book of Boba Fett has proven. Um, that they have the make and the model for Mos Espa. They have the make and the model for Jabba's Palace. So they have all these sets. They have all these computer-generated effects. They've already animated Jabba the Hut or Jabba the Hut's cousins uh, in this series. Spoiler alert! Sorry. They can animate Jabba the Hut for 2023 or whatever in the Han Solo series of him giving the orders uh, to Han and Han, uh, you know, maybe something the ordinance. Yeah, like there's all kinds of storylines they could take of him going throughout the galaxy mm-hmm. and doing jobs for uh, for Jabba the Hutt. Well, I'm still and hoping we see Kira in this show. Like I'm hoping that back. we see yep. Crimson Dawn. And then yep. I'm hoping like the reveal at the end of this is like, oh, and P.S. We're going like we're doing the forward backward thing with the young Han Solo stuff. Yeah. Yep. So what I'm saying is give Bryce Dallas Howard the keys to the the fran uh the uh han solo franchise yeah. let her direct the heck out of some action sequences um and i've gone on way too long so that's making me happy this week bryce dallas howard's entry into the book of boba fett um got me dreaming of the possibilities of what she can do in this uh in this saga so guys why don't we get into the main topic sound good Sounds all right yeah sounds all right. good all right. Um, I can go first. Um, mine is going to seem real odd to you all. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of table setting. Um, I'm going to paint a picture, as Paul would say. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. Three years ago, I went to Walt Disney World with my family, and we went to Disney Hollywood Studio, Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, on the fourth day of our trip. And we went and saw a Frozen Spectacular uh, on stage, which was basically a kind of a sort of retelling of that, that movie, um, as Disney has, has done with several different formats, Broadway and stage and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so we came out and then we plotted our next location. And I started walking with my family. Uh, I was there with my wife, my two children at the time. We had, uh, we had at that time, they were five and six. And we had my uh, mother-in-law and my father-in-law. We start walking around. I had uh, my son's hand and we were walking around. And we got about three minutes away from where we were. And I turned around and I said, where's Annie? And Annie's our daughter. And I looked at my wife and asked that question. And then I asked my in-laws. And then my wife looks at me straight in the eyes, takes Liam's hand and says, run. So I go and I run around the park through people weaving in and out like I'm Ferris Bueller at the end of uh, Ferris Bueller's day off. The only thing I didn't do was bounce off a chair. And uh, so I, I get back to the... Uh, the area right in front of the theater and Annie is talking to um, a cast member and she's kind of got tears in her eyes and I've got tears in my eyes because I'm freaking out. So for the next three minutes, Annie and I have reunited and we're kind of overwhelmed. We talk to one another, we tell each other, we love each other and then we're okay. So we walk back to the family and then we just say we need something quiet. 
uh, and calm. So what do we do? We walk into the Muppet Vision Theater and see the 4D Muppet movie, um, which has chaos galore. But in that moment, uh, my daughter and I were collecting ourselves in the auditorium in our seats together, uh, kind of having a little bit of a tear as the Muppets were blowing cannon balls by our faces and everything was blowing up. Um, and I realized I was able to calm my daughter down and she was able to calm me down and we were able to breathe in this quiet air conditioned theater that had a whole lot of chaos. We were just completely zoning out everything around us. And we were realizing um, that we had one another and that she was safe and that she knew that she was loved. Um, and so for me, my place of Zen in the midst of all the chaos of the parks is oddly the madcap chaos of Muppet Vision 4D. Bet you guys weren't expecting that one. I was totally not. Nope. I was thinking when you were trending towards the Muppets, I thought maybe the courtyard, maybe the fountain, maybe. Maybe even the waiting area before you get in and you just stayed out there, you know, in the waiting area. But no, no, actually in the theater. In the theater with the, with the, the, the air whizzing by and the water hitting us in the face and Sweetums running in and yelling. <laughs> uh, um, oh, it's a delightful well, show. It is. We were able to convey uh, love in the midst of absolute utter insanity around us. Um, and I've never felt more self-conscious sitting in a movie theater than in that moment. But at the same time, um, I go back to that moment uh, many, many times. And Annie is not shy of reminding us of that time when oh. you left her behind. I'll go, hey, uh, did you pick up your uh, your clothes in your bedroom? Did you put those away? Hey, dad, you remember when you left me, uh, left me alone <laughs> in the uh, wow. studio, Disney Island Studios? She's, she's not afraid to play dirty, but sweet at the same time. Um, oh, that's hysterical. So, so my place, my moment of zen in a Disney park is in the oddest location. I love it. Wow. So who's got, uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next because I'll let Paul close us out with his picture. Um, I uh, no, and I mean that with love. I'm not, I'm not joking. I mean, Paul, Paul will take us out in like a nice way. Um, and you're Bob Ross. Yeah. Uh, so for me, um, you know, there are a lot of different places in the parks you could escape to, but for me, I the the one it's the funniest thing um, when you walk into Epcot from crescent lake everybody drink and you pass international <laughs> gateway everybody drink um you uh come into the uh, side of world showcase by the united kingdom pavilion and uh one of the 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 wonderful quirky things about epcot is is the uk pavilion and the french pavilion are separated by a canal um or by a channel if you will uh, which I find very interesting. And in the middle, there is an island. Uh, and that island plays on one side uh, a little bit. There's the sound buffer uh, of UK music and on most of it, uh, music from France. And that island used to be my all-time 
favorite place to watch illuminations. Now I'm lucky because most of the times, most of the time I would go to that Island. It was not being used for a dessert party. A lot of the time, um, you know, in the post 2010s era, it was being used for a dessert party. And I would have to go to the still great, but a little bit inferior uh, seating area for the uh, fish and chip shop in the UK, which is close enough. But that island is where I would go um, to watch Illuminations. And when I stayed, you know, I always would stay at an Epcot resort. And so one time a trip, you would watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks. Um, when it was Wishes, it was only be one time. When it was Happily Ever After, maybe twice. But three nights or four nights, you're watching Illuminations. And every night at 8 o'clock, I would stop whatever it is we were doing and make sure that I had my dinner. And I would go sit on that island. And, and I would have strolled world showcase so that I've had my desserts and, and my alcoholic beverage of choice on hand. And I would be able to sit on that Island for an hour in just quiet solitude, reflecting on how unbelievably lucky I was to be in Walt Disney world. Now fortunate I was to be able to have this experience multiple times. And uh, it got to the point where every member of my family you know, on subsequent trips would join me on the island. So I have a special memory with literally every single member of my family. The last time I watched Illuminations was with my mom, right, you know, two months before my wedding, when I went to Disney with my mom and I was sitting on that island and it was 50 degrees, as we've talked about. Um, and I got to see my favorite firework show for the very last time. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Um, you know, my sister Elizabeth, who shares in my love for the show, would camp out with me for an hour and we would sit on the floor um, and just laughing and, and, and sharing stories and just hanging out. My sister Catherine and I uh, would get a drink when she, when she turned 21 um, or she would try a sip of mine. We would, be, we would hang out together uh, while the others were going and doing things. And, and uh, James, who some days, my, my brother James, who would be the only one, everyone else would be out riding rides or getting dessert. James would never abandon me. But so I, it's, I, everybody would eventually join for the fireworks, but those hours before that hour before then every day was a different person with me. So I got to have a special moment with one of my siblings, with my, my father would, who would come in with, he stopped in Norway. He stopped in Germany. He stopped at France for snacks. Um, Every person, I got to have a special hour with every person in my special place. And so it wasn't just a good place to retreat from the chaos, although it was not a lot of people find their way down there till like 8.45, 8.50 before the show at nine. Um, it was a place to be with my family and to be able to, to really slow down take in what was inevitably a wonderful day. How could it not be with obviously some some hiccups and be with each other the way a vacation, you know, ought to be sometimes. So uh, I'm just, I'm looking at the picture on my other screen now, and I'm just filled with fond memories of this, this happy place. I could hear the music. I can hear the boats kind of making their way for the illuminations cruises uh, that that soft breeze coming off the water. I, I have not been there for Harmonious. I know the sight lines are very, very different, but I still think I'll probably watch the show at, at some point from that island, my island. Do you have a margarita in your island? I actually had um, 
like the uh i forget what the orange vodka slush they had in the little the little uh stand in france because that was the closest one but sometimes i get a beer from england but yeah there was i mean there was a margarita at one point it was a long walk so there was not much of a margarita left by the time i got there because mexico's the other end of the lagoon but yeah i mean come on you gotta have something that is a that sounds like a mind palace now now john um okay so i'm used to and and maybe help me and the and, and our listeners quite get there um because ironically for as many times as I've been there, I have not, I'm, I'm searching to figure out where you're exactly talking about. Um, because um, there's a walkway, there's a bridge that connects the two of them. There and I had is. to look up on Google Maps that I guess there's more to that land than just the bridge. So how do you access how do you access that 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 plot of area? Is it do you where do you where do you go down from the bridge? Uh, from the bridge, if it's not closed off for a dessert party, and and often it is but, these okay. days, you you access it from either the edge of the bridge by France, you cross over onto the sort of the, the spit of land and turn right, or the edge of the bridge by UK, you cross over the spit uh, to the spit of land and turn left. And there's actually two tiers to the island. So there's an upper tier and then a, a lower tier right on the edge of the water. And there's uh, right on the edge of the water um, at the sort of the, the, the tip of the island that faces the center of the lagoon was the best illuminations view. You got to see the whole um, inferno barge. You got to see the entire globe. Uh, you were right on the edge when they fired off fireworks in the dramatic finale um from from the perimeter shots i mean it was just a delight and the best part was is you know they would what they do i don't know what they do now but pre-covid they would you know they clear out epcot but people have dinner reservations as late as nine o'clock so they don't force you out of that park you you know they're, they're not really cleaning that, that out until 9 30 10 o'clock they'll they'll move you along but I would stick around after uh, Illuminations to hear Promise, which always to this day makes me cry. And uh, the, the uh, Tapestry of Nations music, which is my, my all-time favorite non-Illuminations retired piece of music. Anything from the Millennium Celebration gets me excited, but they used to pipe that in. And so you could sit there and enjoy your beverage and your dessert and, and enjoy the sort of post-show ambiance with the music and they they just don't bother you for 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 quite some time it was just a delight hmm. yeah. yeah i guess i i i've i've really just when i'm on my that's not an area for me that really has been a a stop usually it's that point that i'm usually rushing to or from something so um i i do i do kind of get a i think i've been down there once but it I appreciate that that you've had that space there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I had to for as for the 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 multitude of times I've been at Epcot in my life, that's one area where I would not have gone. So I appreciate hearing about this and maybe I'll have to invade your space next time I go. You are most welcome on my island. And I'm interested to hear what where your spots are because for me whenever I would get there and someone would be there, there would always be that little moment of, well, what the heck is that person doing on my island? Ah. Well, <laughs> well, there's a, a theme park that at any given moment will have tens of thousands of people in it. So it stands to reason someone will find my island. Um, and of course, islands are meant to be shared. So um, anyways, uh, Paul, you're up. 
Well, I, so when I first thought of this, this topic, I came up with a list that's probably about at least 10 deep and if not further. So, I mean, you know, I, I, there are many places throughout the parks, um, uh, and I, and I wanted to kind of restrict this category to actually being in the park. Um, because when you think about places where you want to get away from it all, that's what the resorts are for somewhat, uh, you know, or whether you're staying there or not, sometimes taking a monorail, a boat or a bus to another resort or just walking over is really sometimes the, the escape that you need. Um, and there are many of those, but in the parks themselves, um, I think I was sharing with both of you before that, that, um, and I appreciate Matt, you finding the, the one in, in uh, Hollywood studios, because there's not a whole lot of escape places in Hollywood studios. It's kind of, and, and maybe the ironic part about you finding a spot in a very not traditional escape place. Yeah, seriously, that, uh, that place, you go there to get a sunburn and yep. <laughs> to, uh, to, to stand in line for Hollywood Tower of Terror. But other than that, there's not many places of respite. And I just no, gave away not. my parking my, lot paradise, my tip. So yeah, I'm going to have a whole lot of people next to me at Muppet Vision 4D next time. I know it's not going to be so relaxing. Oh, well, um, for me, though, like, OK, so like I am a huge people mover fan. And uh, and so for me, if I want to take 15 minutes and get away from it all, I just get on the people mover although now there's like sometimes like a 45 minute wait to get on the people mover so yeah 15, what happened i don't know it's my 15 minutes of zen that i have to wait 45 minutes for it just doesn't seem quite so relaxing anymore but uh yeah there's usually long lines now for people mover but generally if there isn't it's just nice to walk on and and do that but those are those days are perhaps gone i don't know and then what i but but i would say that its successor is the uh is the what I call the people mover of Epcot, which is living with the land, um, which is again, 15 minutes of relaxation on a, on, you know, gliding through and just enjoying everything around you. So those two are definitely rides where you can get that Zen while in the, in the motion. So I get Matt, what you're talking about of actually experiencing Zen while in the middle of it. But the place that I didn't expect to, if you would have like, you know, about, a, about, about six months ago, you asked me this question, I would not have named what I'm about to share with you because I hadn't had an experience. So the last time I was uh, in Disney, um, I got some food poisoning um, and it hit me. Um, I, I, I had just gone and it probably it was exacerbated by a combination of Space Mountain and uh, the Tomorrowland Speedway. Um, you mix those two with food poisoning, you're not gonna feel very well. Um, I, I just, the combination of the movement of Space Mountain and the motion there and the fumes and the fumes and the smell of the Tomorrowland Speedway, which side note is not anything to do with tomorrow, needs to be land leveled. or speed in any way, shape or form. Perhaps it's a way but that's about it. Um, Tomorrowland Speedway is none of those words. Um, it is a slow moving yesterday ride. Anyway, so anyway, I, I got sick after that. <laughs> and not just because I'm sick of that place, that ride. So, so imagine yourself, you're in Tomorrowland, which by the way, is not exactly what I would call an escape place for getting that moment of zen tomorrowland is kind of like the hollywood studios of the magic kingdom it's really just uh you know there's no place to really escape from the sun the people anything 
with the exception, of course, of the people mover when you don't have to wait in a 45 minute line. Um, so we were there. So, we're, so if you imagine us in Tomorrowland, of course, that enters into Fantasyland. And um, the place that I needed to go because I needed to get out of the sun. I, need, I was not feeling well. I was getting dizzy. I was just feeling really bad um, was we went over into the circus area of Fantasyland. Again, not someplace you'd normally think. But there is a tent in, uh, there's a big top tent. Uh, when you walk into the circus area of Fantasyland, far to your left, um, there is a tent area that has a bunch of tables and couches and, um, and, and stools where you can just sit down. Um, it's kind of away from everything. Um, the din of the noise of Goofy's Barnstormer is kind of in the distance. Um, it's, next to, um, it's next to where you would traditionally have gotten pictures with uh, Donald and Goofy and Minnie and- Is this the Pete Silly Sideshow? It's in that area. Yeah, but there's a little tent area there, like like a fake. It's a fake. It's a, now it's a, I gotta look up, look this up. I know. I never knew this was back here, but I had just heard about it on another podcast, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, it was the closest thing I could think of that I needed that I could just sit down and get out of the heat. And um, and we went in there, and they have little charging stations next, you know, so you could charge up your devices. Um, they have couches. They have. Uh, chairs and stuff like that so at that point uh my wife took me in there and i actually was able to lay down on one of the couches and just close my eyes and escape and um you know and she then went over into the gift shop by pete's sideshow or whatever and get me some some some, some drinks and something to eat to try and all my stomach and my nerves so um, then I stayed there for a while. And really, there's not a lot of people. Some people come in and out and just sit at the table, sit at the chair, sit on the couches. Um, but it is a really interesting place to just get away from it all. Um, it's, it's shaded, so you're out of the heat. Um, and as I said, it's got charging stations and fairly, for the most part, quiet. Again, there's that din of, of the fantasy and noise, but nothing... Uh, it's not overwhelming or anything like that so it is a good place to relax and if you're sick that's a great place to just kind of recover for a little bit after leaving there which was kind of a hard thing to do is to leave that area uh, we then had to make our way to the front of the gate so that i could go back to my hotel as i was still feeling a little weak but at least i could walk um but i hadn't i didn't know this area even existed um and i was like huh this is very pleasant very nice very quiet um, and it's in the middle of the circus area of Fantasyland where you would not expect there to be any place of relaxation. But lo and behold, there was. Um, Fascinating. I just, I just scanned the map of yeah. the Magic Kingdom and I'm like, where is this? Where is this? I'm, and I'm that like, perhaps is why it's so magical is because it's probably not really featured on any maps. Did you hallucinate this place? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if I have pictures of it. I don't think I was taking a lot of pictures when I, maybe oh Sarah God. took some pictures of me while I wasn't doing it. So it's not Big Top Souvenirs. It's not Pete's Silly Sideshow. Because um, well, I don't know it? what it, I know. I'd have to look it up. Um, exactly. Is it Silly Sideshow like like a part of it? Maybe. Because what would be the Silly Sideshow? Would that be the, 
is that considered like where Donald meets people and Daisy and all them? Yeah. Yeah. Did you take a rest on Donald Duck's couch? I rested on Donald Duck's couch. You're right. Yes, that's it. (laughs) No, it's not inside where the characters are. It's right next to it, though. So okay, okay, interesting. I think I think it's used as kind of a a a whole uh, a um an extension where you could like get like uh your to go food and sit and stuff like that and eat in that area. But oh, okay. Um. So yeah, it it's a strange little area. It's it's you heard it here first. It's this tucked away, people don't know it, but I found it to be incredibly relaxing and I probably will go back there again. I used to have a place that I used to, would, would call it back in the day before they started building Tron and all that other stuff. There was the, um, there was the, pat, there was the walkway between the circus area and Tomorrowland, which was also the smoking area. So um, aside from that, but it was this quiet little respite and then occasionally the train would go by and you know, you'd get a little- yeah. But that doesn't exist anymore, and it won't exist again because they're building the Tron and the, all that I, other stuff. This, well, it's not. The, do they have? Do they get rid of all smoking areas? Because I always found the smoking areas were some of the most lovely little uh, respite. Oh yeah, they usually are. Yeah, like um, Rivers of America, like the boardwalk yeah. of Rivers of America, which is just—I mean, you could get lost. No, I, I, the smoking area still exists. Last year, um, I took my I took my parents to Disney, um, and my dad would always be looking for the smoking areas. Not many of them, um, as ah. he will tell you. There's not many of them, <laughs> um, and I think a lot of them. They, actually, it might have been they might have taken a lot of them and just moved them right outside the parks. Now I'm not. That's sure. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah, and but usually, nonetheless, those are places because they're usually just because they're meant to be away from people so that people don't get the smoke. But that also means that it's away from everything else that's happening. So whether at a resort or at the parks, it's usually in a little tucked away area. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, no, there's, and there's a little, there are delightful little places through, I will say this, Animal Kingdom is full of them. There's a wonderful, there's wonderful places in Animal Kingdom that are hidden that, you know, and, and um, I would, inc- if you actually, I would consider that to be one of the most relaxed places to find relaxing spots. Um, oh, yeah. You can usually wherever there's an whenever they have animals and not rides in Animal Kingdom is where you're going to find your relaxing spots in that park. So you know there's and there's little places. I even one place I even say the by the bathrooms in the Imagination Pavilion is a very relaxing area. <laughs> it's an odd place to say, but nobody first of all nobody goes there. Realize there's you may not realize there's some really nice bathrooms. Well, they don't have nice bathrooms, but they're big. And they're usually empty. And they're empty um, because nobody goes to imagination. No, no one goes to imagination or even thinks to go behind imagination, which is where the bathrooms are. But there's this big open area. And uh, usually that's a very relaxing area. Um, I think during the pandemic, um, uh, uh, Winnie the Pooh and um, Joy would come out there and somersault in the grass area. And people oh, yeah. could take pictures with Winnie the Pooh. And that's where he was doing it in that area um by the bathrooms at the pavilion so i can go on and on but i just wanted to share the story about that that circus thing because i think that's one of those unique ones that no one ever thinks about cool so that's brilliant paul and i found a google um a google overhead image and appropriately enough this tent is peanut shaped 
Oh, so neat. I wasn't looking at the shape when I wasn't feeling so I was under the weather. So I wasn't you can only noticed feeling. this if you're looking above it. So huh. you were, you know, given your condition, you would be excused for looking toward the top and not noticing the shape of the, the structure. But it's a it looks like a circus peanut. Um, so yeah, what a what a way to close out um, this main topic. I you just dished out a, a super secret, and I want others who are listening to share theirs as well. Make sure you email us at thishappypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You're obviously listening to us now. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment. Leave a review. That helps us climb up in the rankings and helps us be found by other listeners. We appreciate you coming back every week and, and listening to us talk about our favorite things, Disney. Um, and be sure to share yours as well. Guys, this was a great episode of this Encanto podcast. Oh, jeez. I kid, I kid, I kid. I love this happy podcast. This is, uh, this is my happy place each week. Don't tell my family that. And uh, We won't tell your family that, and we won't talk about Bruno. Fantastic. All right, everybody. We will see you real soon.